Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Of course you do. Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Become a Patreon supporter of this very show. programs and welcome back to another edition of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and my name is derek diamond uh we've gotten some good reviews for the uh the the double dragon commentary we did and uh i think it's actually uh, i set it to go available for the public uh, i think uh, this morning or yesterday sometime i don't remember but uh but if you'd like to head over to our patreon and give it a listen. It is at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And if you want early access to that stuff, you got to be a part of the Patreon. But that being said, uh, you have anything you want to add to that? It was something. Yeah, it was something. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> it, it was it was a commentary. We sat and we uh, we recorded it. But no, it was... I, I love the commentary tracks. You know, They're my favorite shows to do as part of this podcast and we actually have a poll up on patreon right now for you guys to decide our next commentary i think it expires on sunday so for those who haven't voted yet you still got some time there are four choices i believe it's street fighter mortal Kombat, batman mask of the phantasm and I cannot remember the fourth uh, one. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Hmm. Come on, Killer so, Clowns. <laughs> Love we've that got, movie. Uh, we've got quite a few <clears throat> good choices for the next track. So if you're part of our Patreon, head over to uh, patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and vote. If not, join patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro so you can vote. Uh, I might actually put the uh, the commentary track here on this feed. Uh, the only reason I don't like to do that is because it's so beefy. Because it's like an hour and 45 minutes long. And uh, we only have so much um, space every month bandwidth for this show. So uh, I'd like yeah. to, for now, we're just, I, I'm going to keep it on the, uh, just on the Patreon feed. So you can actually take that RSS feed at Patreon and put it into your uh, your podcatcher of choice, and it'll mm-hmm. pop up right in there for you. Yeah, that's the cool thing, because I've got two other shows that I uh, subscribe to on Patreon, and they do the same thing, because they do exclusive shows, ad-free shows, so it's a cool little feature. Yeah. Uh, anything you'd like to talk about before we go into the news tonight? Uh, not really. It's been uh, kind of a, a light week, surprisingly, for me. Mm-hmm. I had Monday off for 4th of July. We've, we've canceled all our events for now just because of all the, like, the spikes in cases that have been going on. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to try and get that started back in the next week or so. But uh, no, other than that, I had kind of a, a chill weekend and haven't done too much. So it's been kind of a boring week. Yeah, I spent the fourth uh, at a buddy of mine's house, Mike Dixon, who is a huge toy collector, and uh, took some of my old toys over there on Saturday night, and he appraised a lot of them for me. Now, we did some interesting trades. I traded a Dianoga 
figure from the original Death Star playset because he was looking for one. And uh, he lost an eBay auction for it. Didn't know I had it, and I didn't know it was worth so much. So I traded that for uh, a Mike Tyson's Punch-Out box. And uh, so nice. now I have two complete versions, complete inbox versions of Punch-Out, the Mike Tyson's Punch-Out and just regular Punch-Out. So it's complete. That's awesome. And I got Gyromite in the box too, but um, I don't have a Rob. So I can still play it with the second controller, but and what's the point in that game without Rob? Yeah. I'd love if to. If you want Rob, Rob, you got to use it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know about you. I am certainly ready to move into the news for tonight. Yeah, we got some good stuff to talk about. From Nintendo.com, Donkey Kong Country swings onto Nintendo Switch Online this month. On July 15th, Donkey Kong, the unstoppable king of swing, returns to the Nintendo Switch system with his touchstone adventure, the classic Super Nintendo game Donkey Kong Country. Um, with a Switch Online membership, you'll be able to join Donkey Kong, uh, his pal Diddy Kong, and their trusty animal friends as they explore jungles, climb snow-capped mountains, and ride rollicking minecarts to hunt down to hunt down their missing bananas from cruel gangs of Kremlings. Uh, in addition, the hard-hitting wrestling game Natsume Championship Wrestling is also joining the Super Nintendo system, um, and the, the Nintendo is getting. Uh, the isometric action RPG, The Immortal. Um, and I'm actually kind of excited to play this. I might actually review this game, The Immortal, because I remember seeing this in Nintendo Power, and it reminded me a lot of Shadowgate, uh, just sort of the aesthetic of the game. And I really want to try it out, because I had a lot of fun playing Shadowgate when I uh, reviewed it for, for the show here. So I think I'm going to do Immortal when that drops. Nice. Yeah, adding Donkey Kong Country is really cool. You know, it's one of the best games for the Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah. I I'm curious about this, um, the Natsume Championship Wrestling. Yeah, I remember I'll have this, to, but I never I've never heard it. of it. I remember it, I, I, but I never played it, uh, so I'm interested in that as well. Yeah, because I know we've got the Retromania yeah. Championship Wrestling game coming out fairly soon. So Yes, really soon it's supposed to be coming out. We're, we're going to have a copy to give away whenever it comes out, too. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a broken record saying this, but I just wish Nintendo would add more. It's yeah. like they say <laughs> July game updates, but... Mm -hmm. Do you guys update it every month? I wish they would. Just It doesn't even have to be two to three games, just one game for each system every month. And I'd be happy yeah. with that. Yeah. But I'll be excited to play Donkey Kong Country again. I've actually been playing through a lot of games uh, on the Switch because I did another playthrough of Link's Awakening. I need to then get I beat that. The... Mm. <laughs> yeah, you, you knew. You do. I beat, um, well, I went through Encore mode of Sonic Mania again to get all the Chaos Emeralds. So I'm looking for something different to play on the Switch. So when these, when these drop, I'll, um, I'll definitely play through some Donkey Kong Country and try out the Natsume Championship Wrestling game. Yeah, every time I'm on my Switch the last few days, I keep seeing Derek Diamond pop up. It's like, Derek Diamond, Sonic Mania. Yep. <laughs> like, I know what he's playing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's been it's been fun to go back through though. Yeah. Let's see. Our next story comes to us from PCGameSN.com. 
3D Send is an emulator that converts NES games to 3D, and it's now on Steam. This looks really cool. Yeah, it does. Uh, 3D Send doesn't work any magic on your NES ROMs. Instead, 70 supported games have been custom tweaked to convert those NES sprites and backgrounds into 3D environments. If you played 3D Dot Game Heroes on PS3, it's a similar effect. Everything plays exactly as it would on any NES emulator, just with a wild new visual treatment. This is a commercial product in Steam Early Access for $8.99 and naturally includes no actual game ROMs. You'll need to provide those yourself. Paid emulation software has generally been legal uh, going as far back as Bleem in the early 2000s. And 3D Send only makes use of homebrew games and its promotional materials on Steam. There's a couple of photos on this article, and it it looks it looks really cool. I, I don't know why I think of it, but it gives me a little bit of a Paper Mario vibe mm-hmm. when when I look at the the Mario uh, Mario Brothers three photo that they have here because it has kind of like that two and a half D, um, like almost like a cartoonish kind of look. Yeah. I'm interested in this. I've been watching this for the last year or so. Um, the guy that's been developing this, and you know, I've seen a couple of screenshots from games like uh, Castlevania, um, Kid Icarus, and dude, it just looks so cool. And for uh, eight ninety nine, that's a no brainer. Especially all oh, yeah. you got to do is add your own ROMs. I have ROMs out the butt. <laughs> Have to try out some Mario Brothers 3. Yeah, that's what I want. That'd be great. I want to play Castlevania on this so badly. I bet I've seen some some of the screenshots from the Castlevania, and man, it looks so cool. That's exciting stuff. Yeah, it is. Uh there's another from NintendoLife.com that's something we've been talking about over the last year or so. The Polymega will launch for real this November or earlier if we're lucky. Um the uh, Polymega uh, seems like it has been coming out forever. The console aims to be the only retro gaming device you'll need, offering support for a wide range of systems, including NES, Super Nintendo, Mega Drive, Neo Geo CD, and even Sony PlayStation. It's hit a few delays over the past few years, but beta units are now out in the wild, and performance is impressive. A second beta phase was due to happen recently, but a production issue outside of the control of the Polymega team has delayed things. The second batch of beta units is accepted to ship, expected to ship next week, so if you enrolled in that program, you might be getting an email soon. Um, let's see. The Polymega team has now penciled in November 15th, 2020 as the proposed launch date for the base unit and the four announced modules, which means it will be around a year late. Um, however, it has been stated that this date could potentially come forward. So that's that's their the date they're aiming for, but it's possible it could be coming out sooner. And this thing looks really cool. Yeah, it's been a while since we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. I would love to get my hands on one of these. You and me both. That I think that would make a so, great Christmas present. It's very sleek looking. I like the look of it. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it, it's it doesn't look very fancy. It's just like a black and gray box. But, mm-hmm. man, if you can play... All those, all those cartridges, all those discs, sign me up. HDMI, dude, it, it, it's like, why would you not get this? Yeah. 
No, I mean, th- this is this is a really cool thing. And also, it's been revealed that uh, support for Famicom carts could be on the table. Because someone wrote uh, on Twitter, said, I wish you could support Famicom carts, and Polymega responded with, news on this soon. So, could be another addition as well. Yeah, Rampage said uh, that Bleem was his first emulation experience. I don't remember the Bleem. Maybe I'm, I just wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't in the emulation at the time, but. Um, so the Atari VCS is $379. No thank you. Wow. Yeah, we've been talking about that piece of garbage for the last couple of years, too, and that's not... <laughs> no thank you. It's all just a figment of our imagination. Yes. <laughs> As SpongeBob once said, <laughs> imagination. This all next, right, next our... thing looks so cool. I know. From NintendoLife.com, Sega's new Astro City Micro Console is packed with 36 arcade gems. And there's also a trailer attached uh, for those who want to check it out. Let's see. You may have assumed that with the release of the Mega Drive Mini and the upcoming Game Gear Micro, Sega has now had its fill of tiny consoles based on old hardware, but you would be wrong. The company has just announced that it is miniaturizing one of its most iconic arcade cabinets, to, ca- to create the Astro City Mini, a desktop console which, like the Neo Geo Mini, comes with its own screen and is preloaded with titles. Special controller is also being produced. Hmm. So, uh, 36 games will be making the cut, some of which include Alien Syndrome, Alien Storm, Golden Axe, Dark Edge, Virtua Fighter, and Altered Beast. The one thing I like about this is that it's the original arcade ROMs that are going to be running mm-hmm. in it, not yep. the ports to like the Sega Genesis or anything like that. This is strictly the arcade ROMs, and that is why I want to get one of these. And there's several photos on the article that kind of showcase how small this thing is. And there's even a photo with um, two guys from Sega. One of them's holding it, and uh-huh. it, it looks pretty tiny, but it like it, the article says it does come with a controller. So if I if I get one of these, I'll definitely be using the controller. But um, yeah, no, it, this looks this looks really really cool. It's about twice the size of these, uh, you know, these old um, these Target arcade titles I got, like the Centipede and the Cubert. Looks like it's about twice the size of that. Yeah. But no, the, this is this is really cool. Yeah. Uh, for is this the last story? Uh, yeah, it is. It's our uh, last story. And this is actually an email from I am the Rampage, who is in the chat room right now, uh, from Forbes.com. What are you doing reading Forbes, man? Are you that rich? You're reading Forbes. <laughs> uh, Alex Winter hints at change of plans for Bill and Ted face the music. Um, let's see. Since the COVID nineteen pandemic is continuing to rage. Uh, This weekend saw neither the opening weekend of Universal and Illumination's Minions, The Rise of Gru, nor Solstice Studios Unhinged. Um, The plan liable to change at any moment is for Unhinged to open alongside a 10th anniversary reissue of Inception with Sony's The Broken Hearts Gallery aiming for August 2nd, Chris Nolan's Tenet opening August 12th, and Disney Disney Dizzes? What is that? Um, Disney discs? Yeah. Mulan opting for August 21st. Orion's Bill and Ted Face the Music was initially slated for August 21st, but moved 
1st to August 14th and then the 28th concurrently with the tenant date changes. Uh, Alex Winter chimed in on Twitter um, exclaiming, quote, none of us are willing to release the movie in a way that requires people to put themselves at risk. More news as we have it. I don't want to put too much on emphasis on a single tweet, um, but uh, let's see. Uh, Alex Winter has been busy over the last decade directing a slew of acclaimed documentaries, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it just, this is kind of a long article, but basically what it's saying is Bill and Ted might actually um, be arriving on DVD, uh, HBO Max, um, and other, uh, I guess, uh, VOD really soon instead of being out in the theater, which I don't, I mean, I'd rather them just push it back until the theaters are open. I mean, I know they want to make money, they want to release it, but I want to see this in the theater. Yes, yeah, same. It's just one of those things that, and I feel like we've been hearing stories every week now about movies getting pushed back and dates being changed because the pandemic is rapidly changing. Yeah. Because I know I sent you the a text earlier today about the new Halloween was pushed back a full year. Yeah. And I'm okay with just, that. I mean, if they, if they, because that's something I want to see in the theater and I'd rather yeah. see it at Halloween time. And if the theaters are going to be closed during October and I can't go watch my horror movies, I'll watch them at home, but I'd rather watch, you know, ones I've seen a million times at home and I'd rather go to the theater and watch the new Halloween movie. And I'd much rather watch Bill and Ted on the big screen but, you know, I understand they got to make money, but at the same time, it's like you don't know what the hell is going to happen with this this freaking disease, man. It's just wreaking havoc on everything. Yeah, just when we thought it was starting to, to die down a bit, <laughs> it, it came back. It's like a bad rash. It just won't go away. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, when you've got my home state adding like 10,000 cases yeah. a day. You're going to see me at the... Alabama border with a saw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you and Bugs Bunny both. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nah. Um. No, uh, not you, Kitty. <laughs> so, um, that's it for the news. Let's go ahead and move into this month in video game history. Uh, July of 1980, Atari Inc. releases the Cold War-inspired Missile Command, one of my favorite games of all time. Missile Command. I love Missile Command. I almost bought the new version of it on the Switch the other night, but I was like, no, I'm, I got too many other things to play right now. Yeah, it's something that I'm going to get around to eventually. I, I've never played Missile Command, but I know how much you've talked about it and everything, so... I'm going to give it a shot at some point. That that should be what I honestly play on the Switch. Yeah. Because I'm looking for new things to play. I think with the dual dual stick or, or with the analog stick, and it, it's just going to be such a much better um, version of it. Than, like, I, I love the original Atari 2600 version of it, but you know the original uh, arcade version was the trackball, which was yeah. really cool. But it was weird because it was set up backwards. Like the trackball was for the right hand and the missiles were on the left hand. So I want to play a version of it where for a righty. <laughs> yeah. In July of 1981, Nintendo releases Donkey Kong, which introduces the characters of Donkey Kong and Mario and sets the template for the platformer genre. It is also one of the first video games 
with an integral storyline. To me, one of the most important video games in the history of video gaming because yeah. it, like the it said, it set the template for the platformer genre and also introduced the most iconic video game character of all time. I still, you know, after last week, was it last week we were talking about it or a week before? I wonder why Donkey Kong wasn't Mario, didn't become Mario's mortal enemy like, uh, you know, uh, Koopa did, King Koopa. Yeah. That's weird. That'd be interesting to look up. Donkey Kong became a hero, even though he tried to kidnap Pauline. Yeah. Well, it was interesting how in Donkey Kong Country, they explained that Cranky Kong, who's Donkey Kong's grandfather, was the original Donkey Kong who kidnapped Pauline. So it's like they got away from the villain vibe, like, oh, this is a different Donkey Kong. Mm. Okay. I've been playing that recently, Donkey Kong Country, on my Super Nintendo. <clears throat> Such a great game. So good. Uh, July 23rd of 1985, Commodore releases the Amiga 1000 personal computer. The first in the Amiga family, it was not widely available until 1986. I still want to get my hands on, a, on an Amiga. God, it, it looks so 80s. Mm-hmm. I love it. Still got to watch that documentary, too. When I look at things like the Amiga 1000, it makes me think that if I ever have like a decent sized house where I can have a room dedicated to collectibles. Mm-hmm. It would be cool to have like an Amiga or any type of old, like eighties technology, like a computer or something like that. And then get different ones from like the early nineties, mid nineties and do like a, like a progression of gaming consoles or like progression of computers. Yeah, that'd be cool. I love to have the Apple two Like I used to have in my third third grade computer class playing uh hop on and play some hangman and some oregon trail that'd be fun the old hewlett packard oh hewlett packard (laughs) on july 10th 1987 technos japan releases double dragon to arcades distributed internationally by taito Hmm, love double dragon and it's weird because it was distributed in the, the arcades by Taito, but Midwest to the uh, the home consoles. Yeah. It didn't make for a very good movie. No, it did but the, not. But, but the game is fun. <laughs> that movie was awful. Oh, my God. I uh, thought double. I thought Mario Brothers was bad, but, man, Mario Brothers was Godfather 2 compared to Double Dragon. I'm glad you said that because I agree one thousand percent. My my thing with oh, my thing ahead. with Mario my thing with Mario Brothers is that yeah it's bad but there are some moments like it's so bad that yeah. it's funny. Double Dragon is just awful to watch. It was still enjoyable. Like I, I yeah. could watch Super Mario Brothers and get some joy and enjoy, get some enjoyment out of it, but Double Dragon was just bad. And all I did was like, when is this going to be over? Like It was torture <laughs> getting through that thing. Yeah. And I love yeah, bad was... movies, man. Like, I'll sit and watch some bad movies, but that was that was a, t- a test of one's will. I've got to add <laughs> that to the rotation of defending bad movies for yes, our next panel. Yes, you do. <laughs> July 20th of 1988, Capcom releases Bionic Commando. For Nintendo uh, NES f- slash Famicom, 
based on the 1987 arcade game of the same title. This is another game that I've been wanting to go back and actually review. Uh, this is one of the few Capcom games. I actually have this game, but I, I've never really sat down and played it. And I remember it at the time. And I think I may have played it back in the back then, but I think I didn't like it because it was kind of a weird mechanic. Like, there's no jump ability in the game. It's the it's the bionic arm that you have to use. And then I know they did the like a big remake of it for like the Xbox 360 or something around 2010. So I I, I want to go back and play this because like you can't go wrong with a Capcom game back in the day. Well, it says here this was the first game to feature a grappling gun slash hook, which later yeah. appeared in games such as Earthworm Jim and Tomb Raider. Yeah. Well, that was the hook for the game is, you know, he's got a grappling hook to get go to do the platforming, which is kind of weird when you have a platforming game, but no jumping ability. Yeah. Let's see. In July of 1994, LucasArts releases TIE Fighter for DOS, Macintosh, and Microsoft Windows. Good game. Really good game. Yeah, this is one of those, yeah, I've mentioned it several times, but games like TIE Fighter, Dark Forces, I remember mm. watching my uncle play after school when I was a kid. See, that's Still what need I to want. try them out. I want, another, I want a Dark Forces remake. Like, total redo, like they did with Resident Evil. Just give me that first-person Star Wars. I don't need to be a Jedi. Just give me a gun and give me stormtroopers to shoot, and I'll be happy. I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. Because every really, time what, they do something, What do they have like, to lose by doing, by yeah, doing that? Like, oh, let's make another, another game based around uh, a Jedi. Like, okay. Jedi are cool, but give me something else, man. Like, Star Wars is so rich with stuff that you could do with it, but it's like they're so, like, they have blinders on, man. I've been saying that even with the movies or, you know, the any type of Disney Plus series they could do. I wish they would get away from the Jedi mm -hmm. or Force users for a bit. You know how badly I want a Mandalorian game? Just based, like, use the Red Dead Redemption engine and just give me a game like that, but base it on the Mandalorian. You have Red Dead you, Mandalorian. You have, I have money waiting for that. <laughs> like, they already have my money. They just need to make it. Yeah, no, I would get it too. Mm -hmm. I think it would be great. Uh, let's see, July 5th of 1996, Sega and Sonic Team release Nights into Dreams for the Sega Saturn. Now this, I have no clue what this is. So I remember hearing a little bit about this game. I never played it as a kid, but there was a Nights into Dreams comic book that was also made by Archie Comics. Mm -hmm. they, they, also, they made the original run of the Sonic comic books that I read for years. The story was pretty intriguing, but the game I never played, and this is one that you know I might look to review in the yeah. next few weeks because it's one that I was curious about as a kid but I never had a Saturn so I never had the chance to play it so I would um I I'm gonna look into to seeing if I can find one because I would love to actually play it because there there are other Sega properties besides Sonic and to me this is 
it didn't really get to the level of Sonic, obviously, but to me, like when I think of Sega, Nights into Dreams is like the second or third game that I think of. Yeah. I mean, this screenshot looks like there's a lot going on on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it does. It does. Man, that if you scroll down, you'll see the optional 3D controller mm -hmm. for the Sega Saturn. It, it looks interesting. Optional 3D controller. Oh, that is, ooh, what is that? Yeah. That looks like a waffle maker. It, it does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, but no, that's I'm gonna worse look at than the original Xbox controllers. Remember the big canned ham controllers for the original oh, yeah. Xbox? Oh, yeah. What were they thinking back then? Those things were like three times the size of my hands. I know. This thing literally, like, it, look at it. It looks... <laughs> It looks like a waffle maker. And Why see, it you... all comes back to Waffle House. Yeah, what to Waffle House? <laughs> waffle House sounds good. It does. Oh, you just had to throw this in there, didn't you? Get it. Get this out. Get get that out of the way. <laughs> so to close us out for this month in video game history, Boo. July seventh of two thousand, Square releases Final Fantasy Nine for the PlayStation, and I bring this up because. You should go check out Brandon Rutledge's YouTube channel to, to check out our retro gaming trivia. It was fun. Oh, man. I, I had an entire run of uh, how much I hate Final Fantasy in that episode. <laughs> I think you guys will enjoy. <laughs> no, it was it was really fun. And it was it was fun trolling Brandon a little bit with the whole Hugh Jackson thing. <laughs> There it is. Uh, but that brings us to the end of this month in video game history. Derek has some shout-outs. So as always, we like to shout-out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout-out Armez Jackson, Xblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, a.k.a. Mixmaster, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, and Randy Bailey. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on for us. And if you keep us at the $50 level, we will keep doing fun commentary tracks like Double Dragon. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, there's a poll up right now for our next commentary track. So if you're a part of Patreon and you haven't voted yet, go check that out. If you want to be a part of our Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And you get to decide on our next commentary track. And hopefully I'll stop dropping stuff. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're like no, trying you're to good. talk and all your ears. <laughs> Such no, idiot. you're good. <laughs> all right. Here's the music. This is what Derek's going to be talking about tonight. I'm not going to lie. If you just keep playing that on loop for the rest of the show, I'm good with it. I can if you want me to. <laughs> That's not what the people came here to see. But um, no, so my review this week is the original Crash Bandicoot, which is a platform video game developed by Naughty Dog and published by Sony Computer Entertainment for the PlayStation. It was released in North America 
in September of 96 and in Europe in November of 96. So, I well, first of all, this was the second half of the tie of my Patreon poll of what you guys wanted me to review. And I wanted to go back and play the original Crash Bandicoot because I had never beaten it. And similar to what Jason was talking about last week with Mega Man, I was introduced to Crash Bandicoot through Crash Bandicoot 2. Because I remember I didn't have a PlayStation, but my uncle did. And I was watching him play Crash Bandicoot 2, and I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. So I tried it. I liked it. Kept playing it. And then the third one came out, played that. But then I didn't go back until later, until after I had played through the third one, to go play the original. And my thoughts on it are kind of similar to what Jason was saying about Mega Man last week, is that it almost feels like a beta version of Crash Bandicoot 2 because the core mechanic of the gameplay is still there but there are a lot of accessories and abilities that you don't have in the first one so like in Crash Bandicoot 2 the biggest addition is the slide attack where Crash slides um, on the ground to attack enemies you can also use it to um, to jump from um, one like platform to another. So say if like you're on a platform and the second one's just a little bit too far away, you can slide almost like on midair and you jump and you can make it to the second platform. You don't have that in Crash Bandicoot 1, which is actually quite the challenge because this was a game that I was never able to beat when I was a kid. Mm. But as I let you know a week or two ago, I finally did beat it um, you know, here very recently for the first time. And man, this game is hard. <laughs> it is extremely hard. It, it starts out easy enough because there are actually a few intro levels to help you get, you know, get your feet wet and kind of get in the swing of things. But man, when you get to the last few, it is rough. There was one, and I'm going to relive this in my nightmares, hmm probably for the rest of my life. It's called the high road where you jump from pieces of broken bridge, like one to another. Mm -hmm. I went into this level with nearly 30 lives. <laughs> I game overed at least three or four times. Wow. Before I beat like this game is hard. And what's, what's interesting, like I like it, but I don't like it is it's all about precision when it comes to this platforming game, because if you're trying to jump on, say, like a box, if you just hit the edge of the box, mm -hmm. you fall off. Like you have to land in the middle. Yeah. So it's all about precision. I think that because I remember this was 97. And I had just gotten my first apartment and my roommate had a PlayStation and she was, uh, we worked together and she was getting divorced and she got the PlayStation in the divorce. So she gave it to me. Good for her? <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> I had the PlayStation for a while. This was the only game I had for it. And, you know, I, I played it a little bit, but it just really, I don't know, it really didn't capture my imagination at the time. It's it's really why I never never got a PlayStation. That there wasn't enough on the original PlayStation to to 
pry me away from, you know, the computer gaming I was doing at the time. And, you know, it just I wasn't into these sorts of platforming games anymore. I was more into like strategy games and dungeon crawlers and things, you know, things like that. So this, there was just, I don't know, there just wasn't enough, uh, the, especially this game. There wasn't enough to, to really pull me into the PlayStation ecosystem until PlayStation 2. That was really when I got into it. Yeah, and the thing with Crash, and we've hinted at it a little bit here on the show, but I feel like Crash was Sony's attempt at creating a mascot type of character mm -hmm. like a Mario or a Sonic. And the games are fun in their own right, but to me, if I want a good platformer, I'm going to play Mario. Yeah. Or, heck, still, I'm going to play Sonic, even though it's a different type of platformer. But the, the Crash games, you know, I had fun with them as a kid, but playing through them as an adult, like, I still like them. But I'm not, like, if I never played a Crash game again, I don't think I would lose any sleep over it. Yeah. Just because it, it didn't have, to me, it doesn't have that same lasting appeal. Yeah. If you, if you grew up on a PlayStation and that's all you had, then your, chances are you're a Crash fan. But, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. Like, they're, they're not bad games by any stretch. And this one's not a bad game either. It's just... This is just that weird era of gaming where we went into the 3D space. And I really feel like the only games that really got it right were um, Mario 64, um, GoldenEye things like that, and I just, I don't know, the whole platformer just doesn't do well in a 3D space to me. Like, I can go back and play Super Mario 1, 2, 3, Super Mario World, I can go back and play Metroid, though, all those games just still hold up, but man, this era of gaming, like 90, the PlayStation 1 era to the PlayStation 2, like that whole five-year period from like 96 to 2001, right when the Xbox came out. Like, that era of gaming is just so rough. Yeah, it, you go back and look at the graphics for the original Crash game, and, man, it is tough to look at. Mm -hmm. A lot of polygons. Yeah. Now, the, the remastered trilogy looks fantastic. But, I mean, even... If you go back and play Crash 2 and 3, they're a little rough on the eyes, but not nearly as much as the original one. Rampage is right, though. Those Crash Bandicoot commercials with the guy in the costume, those were funny commercials. I love Yeah, I was about to bring that up. It was outside the Nintendo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yelling with, with the bullhorn. Those, those commercials were really good. I'll have to look some of those up after yeah. we're done. I, I almost forgot about those. <laughs> I know those were great. But uh, to talk a little bit about what the game is about. So in a Southeast Australian archipelago, hopefully I'm saying that right. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Dr. Dr. Neo Cortex and his assistant, Dr. Nitrous Brio, use a device called the Evolvo Ray to mutate the various animals living on the island into beasts with superhuman strength. They experiment on Crash, a peaceful bandicoot, who Cortex intends to be the leader of his growing military 
of animal Wait soldiers. A, a bandicoot is an actual thing? I thought that was made mm -hmm. up. A group of no, more bandicoot's than a real animal. 20 species of small to medium-sized terrestrial marsupial omnivores. I learn something new every day. I never knew a yeah. bandicoot was an actual thought. I thought it was his name. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's weird. Now, the... Uh, I'm an idiot. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. No, so it's interesting because I feel like Australia has the most interesting, like, animal kingdom. Yeah, everything's you trying have, to kill like, you. Just, yeah, well, you have <laughs> the unique animals like the bandicoot. Like, I didn't know until... I was a little bit older that an echidna was actually a real thing. Yeah, I knew, I knew I that's that, real. Yeah, I always thought Knuckles was just like a made-up animal. Have you seen those things? What are those things called? The little smiley face? The, uh, oh, God, kawakas? Isn't that what they're called? Is, are those from Australia? It doesn't sound familiar. Let me, let me look this up real quick. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep going. All right, so despite Brio's warnings, Cortex subjects Crash to the untested Cortex Vortex in an attempt to control him. The Vortex rejects Crash, allowing him to escape. After Crash leaps out a window and falls to the ocean below, he prepares a female bandicoot named Tana for experimentation, who is also Crash Bandicoot's girlfriend. So essentially what you do is you go through these different islands in Australia to try and rescue your girlfriend from Cortex. And throughout the Throughout the game, you fight different animals that Cortex has uh, experimented on. So you have Ripper Roo, who's a kangaroo who's gone completely insane. Because he actually uh, wears a um, a straight jacket, which I think is kind of funny. Oh, yeah. yeah I you put fight the, the animalfactguide.com kawaka uh, in the Twitch chat if you want to take a click on that and see what a kawaka is. Rampage says, just an FYI, Tasmanian devils are real, too. Oh, I know. I'm not that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will give the, the game this. Even though it has an island setting, it does have good variety when it comes to levels, which I like in a platformer game, because I remember that was one of my big critiques with Mario Sunshine, is that everything had to deal with some type of tropical element, where I just felt like I was going to like seven or eight different islands that were kind of the same thing. But with this, you have jungle levels, you have uh, indoor temple levels, outdoor temple levels. There's one level where you ride a, um, a warthog, which is really cool. Uh, but it, it's, got, it's got enough variety to, to keep you entertained. If you, if you like a good platformer, I would definitely check it out. Play the remastered trilogy because two and three honestly are much better games mm -hmm. going back and playing the first one is, is fun too but the sequels just add so much more variety kind of like you know Mega Man 2 and so on and so forth yeah you get different abilities you have more collectibles the levels are more fun but all in all it's not it's not a terrible game it's really not. It's not my favorite game, and it's still my least favorite of the Crash trilogy. I am curious to see what they do with the new one, which, believe it or not, you know, it only comes out uh, in three months. Really? Which is kind of nuts. Yeah, they announced it for early October. Have you played um, Uncharted Four? Because there are. I was. Yeah, you get I was to play. Bring that up. Yeah, you get to play the original Crash Bandicoot in 
within that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, Uncharted was made by Naughty Dog, mm-hmm. who also created Crash Bandicoot. I, I haven't ever played any of the Uncharted games. I know I really need to. But I have watched that scene on YouTube, and it's it's great. Yeah. Because one of my good friends, he's a huge Uncharted fan, and I told him, you know, that I was going to be reviewing Crash Bandicoot, and he's like, oh, did you know about the Uncharted Easter egg? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, right before that, I had watched the, the YouTube video, so... It, it, was, it was a cool little thing. Yeah, it's crazy to see how Naughty Dog, you know, they started off with the Crash Bandicoot series and ended up making uh, the Uncharted series. Uh, you know, without a doubt, one of the greatest story, like, not a, more of a interactive movie than anything. Like, those games is crazy. Did you ever, um, did you ever watch the Uncharted fan film? Yes, I did with Nathan, Nathan Fillion. Fillion. Holy crap! I want that movie. I don't know why they don't just do that. Cause they're stupid. Like they keep talking about, oh, we want to do a young Nathan Drake movie with Tom Holland, which we- I think he'd be great at it. But I don't want a young Nathan Drake movie. I want an older, beaten down Nathan Drake that's like ready to retire, and he's gets like has to go on one last, you know, one last adventure, and then he, you know. Do three movies where he's always on his last adventure and keeps getting pulled in because he can't stop. Yeah. Nathan Fillion's perfect at that. That fan film was so freaking good. Mm-hmm. I love it. But all in all, like I don't have a ton more to say about the Crash Bandicoot games other than it's it's a good platformer. It's not great. I do have fond memories of playing the Crash Bandicoot series, but more specifically 2 and 3, because to me they're just better games. And if I ever want to go back and play a Crash Bandicoot game, it's not going to be this one. That being said, if you want to try out a good platformer, I would check it out. If you collect, if you're like a PlayStation nut, I think you got to have the Crash Trilogy in your collection. But it, it is my my least favorite of that franchise. But it was one that I was happy to to go back and and actually beat. I think if I was to ha- to to get an original PlayStation One, the three games that I would have for it would definitely be Crash Bandicoot, um, uh, Twisted Metal, and um, yep. uh, the original Resident Evil. Those three games, that. I think that every when I think PlayStation One, those are the games that readily come to mind. Yeah, but as far as the reception of the game goes, it received generally favor favorable reviews from critics, with much of the positive comments going to the graphics. Ironic saying that now. Yeah, <laughs> twenty five uh, years later. Yeah, Dave Halverson of Game Fan referred to the visuals as the best graphics that exist in a game. And the design and animation of the title character as 100% perfection. Hmm. I mean, I like the design of Crash Bandicoot. I like the design of the levels, but... I mean, I I guess if you you think about it as when it was made... Yeah. you, You tend to look at it a little more favorably. Well, honestly, uh, I mean, looking at some of the screenshots now and and you know, the only time I've really played this game in the last 25 years is on Uncharted 4. 
the graphics aren't that bad for the time. I mean, they're not no. great, but you go back and look at some of the stuff from that period. This is some of the better looking stuff from the period. Yeah, it hasn't aged well, but if you compare it to when it was made and what else was made around that time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that. Also, Staff Sergeant Sketch says his three games would be Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9. Oh, Lord. You're banned. <laughs> How do I ban somebody from the chat room? <laughs> uh, oh, man. And Rampage also said that his, his uh, just says to tell you since you play Animal Crossing that owls aren't actually afraid or disgusted by bugs. Okay, I am... I, Yes, I'm an idiot when it comes to to anim to Australian animals. I don't I don't know, but I do know that owls are not afraid. Is it just me or is Blathers just like he bugs me? Like well, you don't play Animal Crossing, but I just want him to shut up. Like I just want to go in the museum, give him my crap, and I don't want to have to go through eight pages of dialogue every time I talk to him. I'm excited to find out who that is in a couple of years. Oh yeah, well he he runs the museum and like every time you go in there, like he, you have like eight pages of dialogue you got to get through before you can have your your stuff assessed. Your, oh, uh, I hate that. And then you can't like skip it at all. And then you give him your stuff and he's like, "Would you like me to tell you about these items?" I'm like, "No, I got shit to do." <laughs> Let's see. Oh, um, so our Rampage also says koala bears are real, too. Yeah, I know that. Drop bears. <laughs> They're drop bears. Oh, and they have chlamydia, so you don't want to have them bite you or scratch you or anything. I was not expecting to hear the word chlamydia on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that's the thing. Them. Like uh, All the koalas in Australia have chlamydia. Is that an actual thing? Yeah. Like, they have chlamydia, so if they... I don't think they'll bite you. I don't think that you can really... It's easy to get it from them, but I'm sure you can. I will say I will say this. Another thing that I did like about Crash Bandicoot, it did educate me on Australian animals. Because <laughs> I, I didn't know what a bandicoot was. Because in this eh. game, you, have, you fight a kangaroo, you fight a muscled-up koala bear... I don't remember what type of animal pinstripe was. Let me look that up real quick. Yeah, we had a debate last night at the open mic about whether or not I could take on uh, five kangaroos if they decided to attack the U.S. like kangaroos for some reason. And I don't know how we got on that subject, but I think I could. It's like five kangaroos to every one person or something like that. I'm like, I think I could take out five kangaroos. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's stupid a conversation, but you know, oh, we have a new animal. So pinstripe is—he's like a mafia boss type of animal that you have to fight in the game. Ah, okay. Uh, let's see. Don uh, Pinstripe Patoro is a Patoro subject subjected to the Evolvo Ray to be Doctor Cortex's bodyguard. What is a Patoro? A Patoro? Where do you see that at? P-O-T-O-R-O-O. P-O-T-O-R-O-O. Potteroo. Oh, Potteroo. It's so cute. Uh, yeah. 
Australian ha Australia has some cute animals, but they all try to kill you. I'm sure this thing has some sort of like stinger tail or something on it. It would <laughs> With, kill you in like 30 yeah. seconds. <laughs> oh, I learned something new too. I had no idea what a pottery was. Did you ever look up that quokka? Q-U-O-K-K-A. 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 K-K-A. Kawaka. Okay, I want one of these. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I just want him running around my house smiling at me. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. But yeah, I would, um, overall, as I said, Crash Bandicoot, good game. I like the sequels better. So if you want to play a good Crash Bandicoot game, I think insane. Crash Bandicoot 2 would be the ideal one that I would recommend. Is that part of the Insane Trilogy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say do that. Cortex Strikes Back. But overall, I would give this game, I'd say probably, I'd say a 7. Eh, good C. Yeah, it, it laid the foundation for the sequels, but... Yeah. As I said, Crash is one of those things that I love the games as a kid, but playing them as an adult, it just didn't have that same, like, you know, my fandom for Mario and for Sonic traveled with me from my mm. childhood to my adulthood. Yeah. Crash didn't really do that. <clears throat> maybe. But, but if, still a fun game to go back and play. Maybe if I'd have been, you know, 10 years younger. Or not eight, nine, ten years younger, maybe Crash would have been, you know, I would have felt some nostalgia for Crash or anything. But you know, I grew up with and solidly in the Mario, you know, Sonic era. So Crash came along way after that was already established. So it just kind of felt like, meh, this isn't going to last. Yeah. No, I'm I'm right there with you. Then, of course, Master Chief comes along in 2001, and I'm like, oh, now this, <laughs> this is a mascot. <laughs> uh, Master Chief. At some point, we got to do, well, we could do it next year because it's the 20-year anniversary of the original Halo. Mm -hmm. I would love to bring, because like, you had mentioned Wally, and I had mentioned Robbie. I would love to bring the two of them on the show, and we just talk Halo stories. Yeah, I'm down for that. I would love to play Halo again, but I actually want to get, if I can find one, I want to get an original Xbox, because there were so many good games for the original Xbox that I still want to play. Mm-hmm. I couldn't Halo tell you the two. last time I've turned on an original xbox or held one of those controllers dude it, it's been so long yeah yeah i traded mine in to get a 360 so <laughs> now the 360 that's one of my favorite consoles of all time yeah but i i would have still had mine but i gave it to one of my nephews and you know he's autistic so I, i'm never gonna ask for it back <laughs> he loves yeah. playing it so i'm like ah, it's yours now yeah but, but yeah, uh, those are my thoughts on the original Crash Bandicoot. All right. Well, next week, I honestly have no idea what I'm doing next week. I have, I don't know. So I already know what I'm going to do. So in conjunction, because I think it's next week that the new Paper Mario comes out. Yeah. So in two weeks, I will be reviewing the original Paper Mario for N64. Cool. Yeah, there was... Which I'm, 
There's a I'm co- stoked to go back and play. There's a couple of 8-bit looking um, indie games on the Switch that I've got saved that I want to buy. I may do that. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. So we'll you'll have uh, to come back next week and find out. Yeah, you'll have to find out next week, people. You, know, you just have to wait. But uh, but that's pretty much does it for the show this week. That was a that was a fun show. Yeah. Uh, anything you would like to say to the people before we leave this evening? Anything they need to follow you for? So actually, this upcoming Sunday, I will be doing another Facebook Live interview for the Derek Diamond Experience. And this is one that I think you'll like, too, because I will be reviewing or not reviewing, but interviewing someone who has been very instrumental in both of our filmmaking careers. Mm -hmm. And that is the great Steve Wise. Love talking. We will be we will be talking all things screenwriting. Hmm. So if you're a fan of writing or an aspiring screenwriter. Definitely check that out. It's going to be on Facebook Live this upcoming Sunday at 6 p.m. Central Time. Uh, you can follow me at facebook.com slash Podcast. That's where it'll be broadcast. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast as well. Uh, for me, the only thing I really got going on is uh, trying to do some more streaming on uh, the Twitch here. Um, I really want to be a part of the, uh, the Ninja Guide knockout tournament next year. So I'm going to be practicing Ninja Guide at least two to three times a week, uh, over the next year. So if you want to just join me while I practice for a few hours, a couple nights a week, just be right here. And, um, you, we're usually do, you know, the nerd cave retro every Wednesday at seven 30 open micers every Thursday at seven. And I usually stream on Sundays, uh, four to six or four to seven, um, whatever game I'm going to either be reviewing that week or whatever. So I'm, I'm not sure what I'll be doing Sunday, but if you want to just kind of hang out with me while I practice Ninja Gaiden, just, uh, join me here on the Twitch channel. And I think that's, uh, pretty much it for the week. Um, unless you got anything else, I'm, I'm ready to walk out the door. Nope, I'm all good. Let me turn on our music here. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And by the way, thank you guys for submitting uh, stories for us over the last month or so. Keep doing that. It makes my job easier. Uh, you can find us at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro and also on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro where you can go over there right now and the Double Dragon commentary has been made public so you can check that out. But if you want to get it when it comes out and not have to wait, you got to give us at least a buck a month and we'll keep doing those commentary tracks for you. But if you can't do that, I know times are tough. Can't give us a buck, a couple of bucks, leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes. Yes.